Amen. I was watching Howard Stern last Sunday after church on 60 Minutes, and he gave an interview that was mostly spin, but in some places it was notable for its startling honesty. There was a point in the interview where Ed Bradley leaned in and said to Stern something like this, there was an FCC official who was giving you all sort of trouble about how rude your show is. And at the time, he had cancer. Did you really say that you hoped the cancer would move to his bones and his lungs and his brain and that he would suffer horribly and that he would die? Did you really say you wished he would go straight to hell? To which Stern replied, yes. And the difference between you and me, Ed, is that we both think it, but I just have the nerve to say it out loud. I am appalled by almost everything Howard Stern does. I am most appalled at us that he will be paid half a billion, with a B, billion dollars over the next five years to do it. But to know that about yourself, and to see it, and to be able to say it, is really a staggering bit of honesty. For the rest of us who are not so honest, there is John the baptizer. Out of the wilderness comes the baptizer, dressed in standard issue prophet's clothing, leather belt, camel's hair, and a dribble of honey on his chin. And everybody in Israel knew that the wilderness was a hopeful sign. Yes, it is true, the wilderness could be a cruel place. But in the history of Israel, it is also the place from which Yahweh comes and where Yahweh leads his people. It is where he makes his people his own. It is where he loves them. And so Israel always understood the two sides of the wilderness, not only its cruelty, but also its hopefulness. Manna, water, quail, Moses, prophets, community, cloud, fire, tabernacle, sacrifice, ten words, love, and Yahweh himself, covenantal God. And so it makes sense this morning that all of Jerusalem did, in fact, go out to see the baptizer at the Jordan River. After all, what would Christmas be without hope? And once John preached, into the water they went for a baptism that actually forgave sins from the one whom Jesus Christ himself said was the greatest man ever born. And out again they came, liquid gift, dead bones rising. And with John's baptism, all is well. And so you see, it is some combination of Howard Stern and John the Baptizer that gets all of you where you need to be this morning. There is the honesty of saying, you know, I'm a pig. I wish death on my enemies, cruel death, along with all sins like that are washed away in the water.
And it is some combination of these two, law and gospel, in their proper proportion, pastorally applied, that gets all of us where we need to be. Unless it doesn't. Now some of the Pharisees had been sent to question him. There were lots of them, that is the first thing we notice, and that is a great standard American practice. It's already there in the adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Ain't we got all the fools in town on our side? And ain't that a big enough majority in any town? Yes, bring them all, because when we're together, there's nobody that'll tell me I'm a bum. Strength in numbers, I answer to no one. And if we could just get the vote, that would be certainty that we're right. There was a man who was sent from God. Now that's fascinating, and it actually tells you something about God. There were lots of them, but there was only one baptizer. When it comes to the matters of Yahweh, it ain't the numbers that carry the day, and it ain't the vote. One from God is enough. He came as a witness to light. And that tells you something more about God. He's not at all interested in the backroom shenanigans and power plays that we are so often given to even in his name. God likes everything in the light. Wonder why? Because at the Jesus point, where all the cards are laid upon the table face up, it is only then, in the light, that evil is scattered like roaches, and good is all that remains. Which is why exactly what we need every day is light, and John came as witness to that. It is why God sends the prophets. Every Sunday in this place, there is tension. As the prophets enter the room, normally by way of the Old Testament reading, for you and for me, they are either threat or they are promise. That is the tension. The candle burns this morning rose-colored, welcoming you to Gaudate Sunday. Rejoice, third Sunday in Lent, because all of you are wise enough to know if you are in this place that while the wilderness you call your life can be a cruel place, it can also be a place of hope, as when a prophet emerges preaching repentance. That is a call to gospel. God will have you back even if you are a bum, and any hope that you might have, any real hope, lies on the far side of that repentance. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, we normally tend to kick against the call to repentance. We are much more like the Pharisees than the baptizer, much more comfortable in our groups than we are naked alone before God. We are very good at being self-righteous and self-deluded. 
And so this morning, we should be especially grateful that the Lord endures us and continues to send his prophet. Even if you haven't done a very good job with yourself, even if you lack the honesty of a noble man like Howard Stern, there is still hope for you. Even if you cannot get a good look at yourself and admit that you're a sinful bum, even if that would block you from what the Lord would do through you, nevertheless, God advances once again from the wilderness to you with his prophet into the water, all for forgiveness. You are free. Second chance, new day, live together, clean sheet of paper. All the people of God drawn to this God in a way that pleases him, not us. That is what you are made for even though you remain in this wilderness that you call life. So you have heard both sides now, the baptizer's message. It's really up to you. Because Advent means coming, and more specifically, it means Jesus is coming. And there is no way for you or for me to stop him. With apologies to certain proponents of the Second Amendment, Jesus is coming, and he is coming to pry your sins from your cold, dead hands. And then to bring you back to life without them, to set you free. Now for that, you can all say, thank you very much indeed. Or you can still clump like the Pharisees and harumph a lot and protest your innocence and protect your old ways. Head for the darkness, stay dead bones, even in the wilderness. One last chance now. I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Once you see who it is, it is God, it is Yahweh, it is your Savior. And once you see what he has done, sends the Savior to the cross, and once you recognize that that gift is the only gift worth having for Christmas, then suddenly what you are meant to be becomes very clear. You are meant for the straight ways of God. And there are no other ways that God would claim as his own. It's straight or nothing, and it's obvious. In other places, the baptizer spelled it out, the life for which you are meant. If you are a tax man, don't cheat. If you are a soldier, don't bully. If you are a pastor, be faithful. If you are a leader, be wise. If you are a servant, be honest. And if you are a virgin in the backwater of the Roman Empire, and an angel appears and lets you know that you are favored among all women, say thank you very much, and let it be for me according to your word. More on that next week. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.